Hello, it is September 13th, 2022, and you're watching and listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. All alone. Scott, and welcome to another edition of the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Huck Breeze, as always, joined here by Scott Sheddick. Scott, how are you doing today? I uh, wish I was doing a little bit better after that loss in week one, but man, that was one hell of a season, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was a lot. That was a lot. I had fun with you watching uh, football on Sunday. We went out together, um, had a good time. You know, week one traditions are always are always important to go out there and start your year on a good note. Um, your Steelers won, so there's that. That's good. Um, there's a you know, silver lining. There, yes. there was good and bad to go with that. Yes, the day is not a complete L, um, but uh, but yeah, and we'll we'll talk about. You know how we take wins and losses as we we go along, but let's start out the podcast as we usually do. We'll talk about something non-football related. Keep it light. So, what are you watching this week? Maybe something ahead. Maybe something you watched last week. Anything interesting? Uh, best thing I watched over the weekend that wasn't football was the Emmys. Uh, I watched that, and that was just – I always like watching Emmys and Oscar awards just to kind of see, A, if the shows I thought were really good, everybody else thought was really good, and if there's other things out there that maybe I missed or just, you know, I happened to not watch. But there were there's a lot of uh, a lot of awards, big winners being Ted Lasso. He was mm-hmm. – I mean, everybody just loves Jason Sudeikis right now. He's in on, like, a bunch of the skits and stuff. Uh, Succession, which if you haven't watched Succession, is a great, great show. Yeah. Um, the other ones were uh, Dope Fiend, I think, uh, was pretty good. And The Dropout, which is also another really good show. Mm-hmm. Um, she she won an award, which she uh, Amanda Seyfried, I believe her name is. She did really good in that, in that show. So it was, I, it was I, nice to see the variety. I think I saw something about Abbott Elementary. Something oh, happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Abbott, Elementary Abbott Elementary, is... Elementary won a bunch of awards. Yeah, yeah. They Because they had a big part of like Abbott Elementary, for instance, uh, the writer is using a lot of his own experiences. And so I think they kind of had they were focusing on that and the fact like how much impact it's had on like community and stuff. It's supposed to be a really good show. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen it yet though. Yeah. I, I have to, to catch up on that. I, I really haven't seen that, but yeah, I know I saw a lot of uh, Emmy coverage. I didn't actually see it for myself. Was it Sunday or was it last night? Uh, no, it was last, it was last night. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I last night. saw a bunch of coverage, you know, everybody thought it was, thought it was good. I missed out on it. I was watching, uh, you know, a little bit of Seahawks, Broncos. That also might have been something that contributed to a negative week one for you. Um, but first, I, I'm, I'm watching. I know I've mentioned this past, but uh, Peaky Blinders is just absolutely amazing. Um, an amazing show. And week one last Thursday, I saw uh, Gabe Davis, who I've I seen a, a few posts going around that his um new 
nickname's going to be Gabe Ruth, uh, you know, in, in reference to one of the best baseball players of all time and him just carrying fantasy teams in week one. Um, but he was wearing Peaky Blinders cleats. Um, so something giving giving tribute to to them week one. So that, that was definitely interesting. But yeah, great show. Uh, I'm on the second to last season. And yeah, that's been filling my time. In between football, we get football every day, except for uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. So this gives us time to catch up do a podcast, talk about football, talk about the week, uh, the week that just was. So let's start out by this, like this. Okay. You just lost, you know, I'm not trying to hate on you. I just won. Okay. It's not always going to be like this. It's going to change every week. I, I promise things will get better for you and worse for me. Give me some advice on what it's like to handle a week one loss. I think you got to look at your team and realize, you know, where you got to cut the fat and where, where you just got to realize that sometimes week one is, it's just a bit of a, a, a pish posh mess of offense sometimes. And, and it takes certain teams to get moving. Cause uh, I think you look at they had a stat the other day, it was showed all the teams that didn't uh, play any of their starters in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, like eight out of 14 of them lost basically because they're just, there to play football well you have to what practice football so like you have it's just one of those things so you do have to realize like okay certain players are either just kind of hiding an injury not playing well just don't have any kind of explosiveness or just aren't a big part of the offense those guys yeah cut that fat other guys mm-hmm. that you know are talented that have been uh, for sure, guys over the past few years that just happened to have a bad week one, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait that one out really just a little bit and try to fix other things around them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, nowhere to cut and, and move because right now there's a lot of free agents out there that are really really worth being on a on a roster on a starting roster right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely this is like a to me, and and I like where your head's at there on on a loss and and, and you know keep. Keep some optimism. I mean, listen, after you've lost, this is not going to stay the same, even into week two. Things are going to change. The players that play bad in week one, like almost all of them are going to improve into week two. The players that played really well in week one will have regression at some point. If it's not next week, then the week after. So it's, it's you can't get too down on yourself. Nobody um, has ever predicted, you know, a team to go sixteen and zero, perfect. You know, since the since the Dolphins uh, back in the day, I, actually they went what seventeen and zero, eighteen and zero. Um, you know, things are going to change as as we progress, um, and that also works. You know, it leads into what I was going to say. When you win, um, you know, we saw in our league. A lot of things happened today. A lot of people trade. A lot mm-hmm. of people sold high. A lot of people sold uh, or or bought low on certain players. And I'm not saying that's wrong by any means because, you know, whatever. But it is one week. It's one week. And there is no – there is 
I mean, I, I, I'm sure we've all seen that lineup of that's kind of gone viral through the fantasy football community of the team that just fell apart. I think they had like Dak and T Higgins and Najee and all that shit in week one. And they're like, I can't believe this. Like my team just imploded week one. Like if it's anything short of that, just calm down. Okay. And if you just, if you won, you, you can't, So on the other side of the spectrum, I there's some people who overact. There's also the people who stay just – they're just happy with their team. They just aren't going to do anything. Uh, I texted somebody today who – you know, a couple people came to me for trades in a couple of my leagues today and said, you know, would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? And I, I had a good week, you know, and I thought to myself, I don't want to change anything. I just won, you know, but that's not the mindset you should have like ever always be trying to improve. And it's hard because I, and I told them, I was like, listen, I want to make moves. I want to change something. And I want to have that loss mindset. Like I just lost, but I can't, like, I don't want to sell James Robinson. I don't want to sell uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire after a two touchdown week. I don't want to sell, uh, you know, DJ more low. I think he'll do better. It's just one of those things where I'm like still happy with what I have. Mm -hmm. But again, you, you can't be just so complacent that when that time comes, when you do start losing, you just snowball and fall apart. So you got to stay up to date and you've got to keep making changes. Um, we talked about some, somebody in our league who just, you know, I'm not going to name names, but, he did the worst in our league last week. Um, he wants to stay put. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that's bad, uh, but he had a reputation for staying put last year as well and just kind of sitting on his haunches. Um, I, I think that it's, it's good to know when to make moves, when to give up on people mm. and when, when to uh, stay with them. And, and, you know, it's a hard thing. It really is. Uh, but I think it goes both ways. If you lost, you know, go ahead, make those yeah. changes, but not too many changes. And if you won, you know, don't just sit on your ass. Get out there and, and realize that you're not going to win every week. But and, and I mean, this was week one. I mean, in in, in our league, uh, you we uh, do uh, I guess free agents are, are are like pirates on the high sea. You just go yes. and grab them whenever you want. Um, so there was already a lot of moves made on Sunday night. And if you are one of those teams that was one of the lowest scoring teams in your league, there are, or were at least dozens of players out there that should be on starting rosters. And there are still some out there, even in our league. If you are a regular league that has to wait until, was it, they do it Monday, Wednesdays, uh, I think. I think Wednesdays, they give it a, okay. yeah. A full like 24 like, hours, three days. Yeah. yeah. So th if you're, if you're one of those leagues, then you better be chomping at the bit. And even if you're in Huck's position of having just one, there's definitely still players out there that are probably better than the ones on your starting roster, or at least deserve to be on your bench. Yep. As far as I uh, see so what you're saying about staying complacent. And as far as the person that scored the least, I mean, I think a lot of his players are, you know, guys, like I was saying that you've got, you got to kind of wait it out and see, um, but you got to, with our, you know, uh, IDPs and, and so many players on our starting roster, there's other holes you can fill, you know, mm -hmm. there's definitely other holes you can fill. 
Um, yeah. But for you, just make sure that you're not trading just to trade. Cause I feel like I see that sometimes is people just want to trade just cause it's, it's exciting and it doesn't technically cost you any moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, make sure you're always making your team better. Yeah, exactly what I was just about to say. It's, it's, you don't need to feel the necessity to make moves, but you have to be open to make your team better every single week. Um, and, and just know that w- where can I improve from the week four? Where can I improve in week three, in week four, planning ahead to week, you know, from week two? Okay, I got this win week one. I'm looking good in week two, but what about week three, week four, week five? Um, you know, just something to look at. But, uh, but let's head into overreaction Tuesday. You know, we're going to do this. We're probably going to do it every, every week. Talk about, um, you know, the, the news and notes from around the league and react to them. Should we, should we be panicking? Should we not? So let's start about, start out with the, the Cowboys who we saw on Sunday night, who probably are in the most dire situation as they lost Dak Prescott. Um, are they cooked? Is that, is that it? Are the Cowboys done for the season? What do you think? If they keep playing like they did on Sunday night, yeah. Um, I think they, they better have a mentality of getting back to basics, getting back to running the football. Um, you know, there's, I feel like for the past five years, there's been that stat that everybody knows that if Zeke gets more than like 22 touches a game, their win percentage is like through the roof. Mm-hmm. And yet you see them in the middle of a game, usually on prime time against somebody like Tom Brady that uh, Jerry's going, got a half a heart on for that. They're like, Oh, just, you know, just bomb it. Just, just keep throwing it. And, and it's like, Zeke's one of your most talented guys. You, you really got to give him the ball more. And uh, I always, I always think of uh, Vrabel and the Titans that a lot of games when uh, Derrick Henry's healthy, the first half, he might have six yards on like 10 carries, but they keep pounding the rock and it, right. and it gets them wins. It, they beat teams that they should not beat just by running the ball at their defense and, until they break down. And that's just one thing that I always feel like the Cowboys never have the patience for is just, just keep running the ball because every time I watch Dak drop back, he would, he was looking for CD and he was the CD lamb was the only guy out there running a route. It seemed like, or the only guy he'd look at and he would just throw him the ball and, you know, he'd just about get his head ripped off by a safety. And if it wasn't for uh, the, you know, the new rules defending, uh, protecting wide receivers, he probably would have ended up with about three, three concussions that game. Cause it just, it looked bad. It looked like they didn't have any weapons and the defense knew it. The new defense was just like, what are you going to do? Who are you gonna right. Throw it to God dare you. Yeah. You know, like it, it just looked bad. And that's why I was like, Honestly, even with if Dak were to stay healthy, I would say the same thing. Get back to basics, run the football. And now they're going to have to do a a Cooper rush and it's going to be a lot harder. Um, It's it's going to be a long season. Their their defense is really going to have to put their uh, put the team on the back, I think. Yeah. So a few years ago, um, if you remember, the, the, the Cowboys led the league in passing yards. Um, This was with Cooper. This was with Lamb. Um, this was, you know, with, uh, they had Dalton Schultz there. They absolutely crushed it. I think Dak, uh, the year after, you know, went down with that injury and, uh, and was out, but in the first few weeks, they were still leading the league in pass yards. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's the dream of what Jerry Jones wants to do with the Cowboys is air it out and be this greatest show on turf type offense um with Zeke as a running back you know 
and just having him as a as a versatile option. And he doesn't want to be that ground and pound, clock control type, whatever. Uh, they don't have the pieces to do that. They signed Washington in the offseason who hasn't played a down. They have Gallup who has not played a down. Um, they had backup tight ends that that left for other teams. Uh, you know, you have C.D. Lamb, you have Dalton Schultz, and you have a decent O-line and a decent run game. And you have to deal with the pieces that you have. And I think with Dak, that offense is still pretty dang good. I, I like it. But I, I think you're right in that the two of your best pieces are Pollard and Zeke. And you need to utilize them and run first to open up the pass rather than uh, passing to open up the run. And I, I hope, you know, whoever, they're not going to find, even if they don't go with Cooper Rush, they're not going to find a quarterback right now who's going to come in and do what Dak does. You're not going to. If it's a Garoppolo or whatever, you're not going to find a quarterback that's going to come in and throw four touchdowns a game. Um, even through trade or through free agency, it's just not going to happen. So if you have somebody like Rush and maybe do the things that the Browns did really well uh, yesterday, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, and control the clock, uh, play good defense, uh, maximize on your red zone opportunities, then the Cowboys can can be competitive in all these games. If they go and try to throw the ball 40 times a game for the next three or four weeks, we're talking about 0-5 for real. And we're talking about a switch from rush to God knows who um, in the in the upcoming weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's up, up to them, up to them how they handle this. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I still like Zeke. And Pollard, I don't, I don't think that they go down any. Uh, I know, as far as Lamb's concerned, you gave up on him. We just saw you trade him straight up for Adam Thielen. Can you defend that in any way to me? Because I thought that was yeah. a little premature. Uh, I think you know Lamb was to me like wide receiver six or seven, and you're trading for somebody who might have been you know, borderline wide receiver too. So let me know how, what, you, how did you, your mind process that? On, I think it was July 27th. You know, if you bought a fantasy magazine back then, yep. CD lamb, wide receiver, number six, boom. And they nailed yep. it and they were right. And on July 28th, they were still right. Even on, in the middle of August. But as soon as they started playing real football, shit changed. Because I watched CeeDee Lamb just running a basic-ass post route or something. Dak just stares him down. Every defender is kind of like trailing him. Like, are you serious? You're really going to throw this? You're like, I ain't going to fucking throw it. That's an idiot. <laughs> so when they had like zero game plan, like, you know, okay, yeah, you're right. They didn't have uh, Gallup and a few other people out there or something. But still, their wide receiver too is Noah Brown or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. And that's bad. what I was saying about like the, the defense has nobody to worry about. Like, it's, if it's an obvious passing down, everybody's just like, all right, we'll just cover up Lamb, you know, press him, and I'll be a safety over top, and that's it. And, like, I every time I watch them in passing down, Lamb is just running through triple coverage, and Dak would just try to force it in there. And I was 
I was like, this, this is terrible. This is terrible. You had six weeks to game plan for this and this is what you came up with. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm fine. You could take that garbage offense, lose the best player in it or one of and Dak and think I'm going to stick around to watch the show. No, man, I'm good. Gotten Kirk's slant, uh, kick Rogers' ass this weekend was looking really good. I'd rather yes. take a piece of that offense real, uh, in reality. If C.D. Lamb ends up coming back and being the wide receiver one, then I'm very happy for the person I traded him to. Uh, but right now, I just think just being part of a better offense would be it could be more beneficial to me. What about Dalton Schultz? Uh, another piece of that passing offense I, with Cooper Rush coming in here for the next two to six weeks. I know they didn't put Dak on IR. It might be four weeks. Is he droppable? Is he somebody that you hold on to through the through this? I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Cooper Rush, but from what we saw on Sunday against a pretty good Tampa Bay defense, uh, he's not – he's a bottom four quarterback. You know? Yeah, he's a bottom feeder. He is. But yeah. it's – you know, I think with t- tight ends right now, with any league, there's probably a bunch of them out there. Most of them probably still have O.J. Howard out there, and I would rather have O.J. Howard. Really? He's, he's getting looks. He's getting looks. And honestly, Dalton Schultz, on his best day, you know, you're hoping for a touchdown and, like, more than 30 yards. Like, you're really – I've really set the bar low for him, especially in that offense right now. They just they just seem to have zero creativity. And that that's something that – and it could have been just week one. It could have been, you know, who their opponent that they were facing, how they matched up, things like that. Yep. Um, I just – I don't think – the offense is going to get better by adding Cooper Rush. Yeah, no, I, I think Dalton Schultz is kind of a product of the Cowboys' offensive scheme. And not saying that he's not talented, but I just don't think he's anything to be blown away by. And so, if you have other options besides Dalton Schultz, good options, or you can go out and trade for a tight end for cheap, I absolutely suggest you go do that. Um, it's 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 not a good situation there in Dallas and I think that anybody outside of Zeke or Pollard uh, you need to take a hard look at and say you know is this somebody that I want to ride out for the next two to six weeks all right let's let's keep it moving uh, we'll talk about last night I know you're disappointed I, you can let us know how this affects your survivor but Broncos got killed um, and when I say killed I mean they lost by one point on a bonehead coaching decision in the fourth quarter um does this make you question everything about what you thought about the broncos is this something that make you question everything about every team in the nfl it's it's something to to think about for sure i think especially going forward uh you know broncos were another one of those teams that didn't play any of their starters in the preseason and it took russell i think almost two quarters to throw a pass to a wide receiver and as soon as he did, the first one went for like 90 yards and a touchdown. You're just like, oh, you're waited till now to do that. Great. And then they had two fumbles in the red zone. It, it was, uh, to Real me, the bad. Broncos beat, beat themselves. They, they beat themselves in that game, especially with the bonehead coaching decision at the end. Like, no, nah, we'll just take the 64-yard field goal. We got it, guys. Don't even, don't even need to look at this. 64 yards, automatic. What a bunch of fucking idiots jesus christ like you you just you just playing uh, playing fucking dick games with a billion dollar franchise here like come on man another 10 yards you had plenty of time 
and, and even but even on the third and four, freaking uh, Jerry Judy was wide open in the middle of the field, yeah. and Russell checks it down, <laughs> and then he's all acting like, "Oh, we're gonna go for it on fourth. and I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like it was it it was hard to watch at, at the second half just because they they beat themselves and. All Gino had to do was just check down city, just check down city. All he did was he'd like it's some guys would run off like a bunch of idiots going deep, and then he'd be like, "Where's the where's the running back flats?" Okay, here you go. Yeah. You know, every single play, and it's sad if you lose to that. That's sad. That's right. that's that's fucking that's bad. Luckily, well, uh, we had two teams. We picked the Ravens over the Jets, gotcha. um, and so we have one left. A lot, I think over 700 teams went out this weekend, though, because so you there get were two lives, so many. pretty much. We we paid for two entries. Uh, oh, gotcha. Pay, pay for like 10 entries or something. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, tons of people lost this weekend betting on the Colts, betting on the Niners, betting on the Bengals, betting on uh, the who else? Who else? The even, I don't know, the, the Lions, Lions lost. Okay. Yeah, but I'm saying there lost. were a lot of up, there were a lot of upsets this weekend. There were there, a lot of things didn't go mm-hmm. people's way. But back to that that Broncos, you know, uh, I saw a stat today, uh, fourth and five percentages. Uh, I think it's 45 percent of all fourth and fives when people go for it have been com- converted uh, for first downs, while 64 yarders or anything <laughs> 60 plus uh, is two percent. There's been two made uh, at the last 100, uh, and it, that's just a, a disgusting number. So in 2022, when pretty much everything NFL does on a daily basis from two-point conversions to everything else is done by the percentages, uh, there's people's jobs that get paid way more than me and you uh, to go out and make these decisions, come out and they take the 2% chance over a 40 some percent chance says that's bad. That's bad. And when, um, when asked after the, the Broncos coach uh, came out and said, you know what, looking back on it, probably should have gone for it on fourth and five. Uh, but, but yeah, so that is rough. I will say this though. Uh, all the sharp money, sharp money. I don't know if you're familiar with, with that. So sharp money is uh, reports uh, from Vegas that, do large amounts so like they report large amounts of money that come in on one team so the small money the public money are going to be these little twenty dollars thirty dollar forty dollar bets those were all on the broncos in fact it was 90 percent of the public money was on the broncos the big money a good percentage of it was on the seahawks so you can kind of see where it's like pros versus joes um which kind of got me thinking it's like why is that but I really think that Seattle is just a really fucking hard place to play, especially during prime mm-hmm. time, especially against Russell Wilson. Like people are going to come in there and they're going to get loud and you should see mm-hmm. that. And you should, you should uh, consider that when you're setting fantasy lineups, when you're, uh, you know, betting on, on teams that go in Seattle, they're a hard fucking place to play. I think Denver's a really, really hard place to play. I think Pittsburgh's probably a really, really hard place to play when you're on the road. Um, especially in these night games primetime because you're going to have just a, like every seat's going to be full and everybody's going to be loud. So uh, I don't think this is a sign that the Broncos are bad. Okay. I, th- I think the Broncos mm-hmm. will be fine. I think they'll still compete for the AFC West title. And I think that they'll um, be a team that's formidable and, and good as, as the, uh, as the season progresses. 
However, um, I, I think this is more about the, the Seahawks home field advantage. And I, I don't think the Seahawks are very good. I don't think they're a good team. I, I, I don't no, think they're a good I, offensive I think, team. I think it was also just they got up really big for Russell coming back. And right. The, the team, the defense, everybody there knows Russell really well. So they kind of knew his tendencies. They know how to play him, things like that. I mean, if you think about it, Baker didn't beat his old team either because they know him really well. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. I, yeah, it just take that week one with a grain of salt. You know, it, it's unfortunate that it happened for people who bet on the Broncos and people who took them in Survivor, but just know, I mean, this is the NFL. This is things that happen. Uh, let's move on to the next subject here. Trey Lance. Is Trey Lance good? Give me, give me a simple answer. We still, we, we still need more game footage. We still need more, more minutes of him on the field. I mean, we haven't really seen him play much at all. Uh, he was – he didn't look good this past weekend. I'll say that. Out of what I've seen, he did not look good because the Bears' defense is not necessarily known to be extremely uh, stout or by any means. They're kind of middle of the pack. And if you really you came out with that, and again, to me, like the Niners have a good offense. The Niners have uh, have uh, an offense that should work within the system, and if you trust the system, then they should put up points. Um, if it doesn't, then there's, there's either injuries or there's somebody, something's wrong in the middle. And to me, it seems like Trey Lance was not really making the best decisions. Every time I saw him looked over at the bears Niners game, he was hesitating a lot. He tried to run, he tried to run it himself a lot. He would try to make reads and then take too long and not have, he didn't have a clock in his head for his Mm -hmm. pocket. It's just, it looked like a guy that had been, the most football he had played in the last year was where he was wearing a red shirt and nobody could touch him. And it's like, Oh, I'm really good. Look at me throw that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's cool and all, but like at some point you have to put the Nerf ball down and you have to play real football. And what happened when he played real football is he lost to fucking Justin Fields. And before the season, I don't think anybody would have thought that Justin Fields is going to beat Trey Lance, but yep. reality, reality uh, came to the ground when they actually played football and, there was a little weather. There was things like that, but you know, there's elements you got to deal with, and the Bears dealt with dealt with it too, and they had fun with it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's any problem. I think it's just going to take a little longer for him to progress to get where people want him to be. And at the end of the day, the team did choose to pick to to keep Jimmy. Yes. So, I mean, to me, that doesn't say show much confidence in Trey. But it's not a good sign. It, it, it's not a good sign for them to do that. Now, I will say that they, they played in a monsoon, okay? That was the worst weather. So did the Bears. I, I understand. And the Bears outplayed them on the ground. The Bears outplayed them on defense. And and they made, you know, more – they took the opportunities and they, and they ran with it. Um, yes, we're talking about two sophomore quarterbacks. Um, I would – I don't. I was a little worried about Trey Lance coming into the season, about how he would perform, about how he would, uh, you know, it, how people like Debo, how people like Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle when he's healthy, how they are going to perform with somebody who's not a pass first. I mean, Trey Lance is a pass first guy, but he's got those legs, right? It's so, all about what, what do you do when you when you panic, right? So, uh, you know, B. 
because with Jimmy, obviously, it's not like they would take off if it was a questionable situation, or Jimmy would take off in a questionable situation. He'd still throw it. Uh, he still he give them that chance. Uh, and with Trey Lance, you just never know when he's going to take off with his legs. Is that a bad thing for the offense? I mean, it's yet to be seen. Again, we've seen very little of Trey Lance, but we've seen nothing good. Nothing good. Nothing that says at this point, oh, this is a quarterback that's going to be, you know, that's going to bring the 49ers back to the Super Bowl where they worked two years ago with Jimmy. So I would be worried if I was a Trey Lance owner. I wouldn't sell low on him after a game where he – played in an ocean i i would wait to see how he performs uh this next upcoming week i i think they're up against arizona i believe let me see here real quick uh seattle so they play seattle in in, seattle no in san francisco um so so yeah i I think that this is a good week coming up. One week, you don't wait forever and say, "Hey, I'm going to wait for trans- uh, Trey Lance to, uh, you know, transform into this quarterback that we all hope he's going to be." I think if he does not perform against the Seattle defense on the road this upcoming week, then it's time to cut him. Time to sell low, honestly, um, because a lot of people took them took him as their quarterback one uh, either, you know, in the second, third, whatever round in, in two quarterback leagues. And in one quarterback leagues, he was taking, taken as like a 10th or 11th quarterback. So um, there's, there's other options out there. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have a Debo or an Ayuk or a Kittle, maybe quietly try to move some of those guys because <laughs> uh, these, this offense, you know, as, 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 high as we once thought the ceiling might be uh it just got lowered even though like i said they played in the rain so i wouldn't be worried too much it just got lowered just a little bit and there's it's not going to get much higher um he is in a good system and he's got weapons around him yes that's the potential that's Mm -hmm. the potential yeah you know absolutely it's just just, like i said when he panics is he going to use any of those amazing weapons around him Mm -hmm. or is he going to try to run for four yards right yeah, or is the pocket going to break down and he takes a sack? I mean, that's what happened a lot, a lot yesterday, where it was just a stagnant offense. Uh, let's go back to something we talked about last week. We don't have to spend forever on it, but uh, Packers wide receivers. What did we learn? Do we learn anything? I fully assume that uh, Rogers is rewriting their contract now to <laughs> give him less money, or is he yeah. not? Huh? Yeah, it was I mean, rough to watch. It it. it, it was rough to watch, but that was, I mean, that's kind of what I expected. There's, he has no wide receivers. He doesn't, you know, Rogers, if he doesn't get his first initial read, he starts rolling out of the pocket and playing back backyard football. And you got to kind of know the way he moves and where to find him. And then also catch the football. That was a big issue for them as well. Um, Then you, you know, not, not to mention they started off against a division opponent opponent, which doesn't help. On the but road, it just yeah, yeah, on the road. It, it just it didn't look good though. It didn't look good, and and to me, um, Rogers has never really been a uh, even if we're down, I'll keep spirits up, and we'll come back in the fourth quarter no matter what kind of quarterback. He's kind of a 
if things are going bad, I'm going to start pointing fingers and getting all pissy um, and like kick a hel- helmet or something and, and, you know, just sit here and look like a piece of shit as opposed to like kind of, you know, being a leader or something, you know, it's, he just, he's never really been there. Like if things are going really well, great. He's happy. Everything's good. But if things like if he stubs his toe on, on a bleacher or something, he'll point at somebody and blame them for it or something. So it's just, he better have things going well from the beginning or else things don't go well for yeah. Rogers at all. Yeah. I mean, here's how I read the box score. Okay. So he, he completed it to 10 different receivers, which is good, I guess, in an aspect of, from an Aaron Rodgers standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, when you're trying to pinpoint who is going to be the number one guy, it's a little bit more rough. So five to AJ Dillon, which is going to be expected. I think AJ Dillon is very underrated, uh, you know, RB2 for this team. But then he got four to Dobbs, three to Tunyon, two to Christian Watson, and we saw that he dropped that wide-open touchdown. Uh, that would have been a huge boost. I mean, people would have been picking up Christian Watson left and right if he catches that and takes off for it. He'd already be picked up in our league. But we see the the stat line of two catches for 34 yards, one rush for seven yards. People are just leaving him on the bench. Um, he had... Uh, so Sammy Watkins got three catches for 18 yards. The longest one was nine yards. Randall Cobb got two for 14. Longest one was eight. So the old guys got all the short work. And I, when I say all the short work, five catches on six targets. And the young guys got a lot of the long or, you know, longer work, the, the more yardage work. I think that whether it's short-term value or long-term value, you have to go with Dobbs and you have to go with Christian Watson. Obviously, Lazard is coming back, but I think no matter if Lazard is there or not, Watson and Dobbs are your best bets going forward for yardage, for touchdowns, for everything. Um, I would say spend a lot of your fab or drop somebody that's super valuable for Christian Watson, but he's going to be out there. Nobody, I, I can almost guarantee you in your league, Christian Watson's available and he's somebody that you should go pick up. Those boneheaded moves, you know, are not going to last all year. I, I really like Watson going Yeah, forward. they might not last though because Rogers benches them. So you better watch out there because he makes one more drop like that. It's it's over. He's done. Yeah, he's on, he's, he's on the he's, practice squad. He's going to the CFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So give me the team you were most disappointed by. And we're not going to go with the Broncos because we know you're disappointed by that. But uh, give me another team you're most disappointed by. Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers just because yeah. I feel like we've been waiting to see how amazing Trey Lance is for so long and why Shanahan went up to go get him and he gave all his picks for him. And everybody thought he was going to get Mac Jones, but he got Trey Lance because he's so good. And. <laughs> yeah like yeah you better come out next week and show that it was just week one jitters and a lot of rain or something because with that those many weapons in that offensive scheme jimmy got him to the fucking super bowl and jimmy nobody even wants jimmy right now so if you're basically saying you're worse than jimmy if you can't get the super bowl at least basically because it's all the same weapons it's all it's all the same guys like you because that's what they got him for is like okay jimmy got the super bowl but we couldn't win it they kind of looked at it like jared goff situation of like you know he's all right but we really couldn't do it so trey lance is the guy and it's like 
I was disappointed. So yeah, for me, this, yeah, it was the Niners. This was supposed to be a team that was supposed to compete for the division. So I, yeah, I don't blame you there. Uh, especially against the Bears, who really, you know, we has one of the most underwhelming offenses. Again, Monsoon, we'll see next week, but that was definitely disappointing. I'm going to go with the Panthers, and I know you weren't disappointed by this, but the Panthers, I thought for sure, would uh, beat the Pants off of a Browns team with an, just a, the most unsexy offense in the world. Uh, and they came out, and their O-line could not hold Miles Garrett or uh, anybody else for that matter. And they had Baker on the run all day long. Baker did have a few bright spots, but in the first half just looked like he was the quarterback that you thought he was, just a bum. Um, and so He played better than I than I expected. I will say yeah, that. In the second but half. Every time I looked over, he looked like uh, that scene in Little Giants where he's like running in circles going, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the yes. whistle. Yes. Like that every time I looked over and I'm like, how is that not embarrassing as a franchise? Like right. get that kid out of there. Yeah, I think I think uh, Miles Garrett ate his lunch twice, and uh, and yeah, the you know the McCaffrey owners of the world were like kicking themselves in that first half. It was it was a rough game to watch, but uh, yeah. How about opposite side of the spectrum? Team you're most impressed by? I've out of the whole weekend, um, I wanted to give, be fair to every single game, and to me, still the Bills. Yep. The Bills on opening night. I mean, the way they just manhandled the Super Bowl champions in all three phases. I mean, everywhere I looked, uh, the Rams just couldn't get anything done. The, the, I mean, the only thing the Bills did that I didn't like was Josh Allen running the ball a little bit too much there at the end. At, you know, 31 to 10, you shouldn't be pulling it down and doing a QB sneak on your own. It seems very unnecessary. But if that's the worst thing, that's not bad because their defensive line played great. Their D, their DBs played great. Josh Allen was just, I mean, he looked like he was in midseason form already. So, I mean, to me, that I, I don't see anybody more impressed with them right now. Yeah, they definitely look like the full package there on Thursday. The team to be in the AFC for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Um, I saw a statistic earlier today that uh, the Dolphins passed more than any other team expected passing uh, attempts more than any other team uh, was number one in the NFL uh, in week one. So this takes the expected number of pass attempts that you're going to have. They were the highest percentage above that. Uh, You know, they came out and they really, I mean, we didn't think that this would happen. We thought it'd be a lot of short game, a lot of handing off. We'd see a lot of Mostert, Edmonds, but no, they are very committed to getting the ball in Waddle's hands, to getting the ball in Tyreek's hands, uh, control, controlling the uh, ball on defense. Um, that They looked really, really good against a New England team who we thought was going to be, I thought was going to be a top five defense. And I, I don't know if that's changed after just one week, um, but they made him look like, you know, somebody who weren't wasn't that good, and obviously on defense they made their offense look inept, uh, mm-hmm. as we saw in the preseason. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed by the Dolphins. How about the player you were most disappointed by in Week One? Oh, that's tough for me because I, I kind of have two in my head, and they're in the same game. Uh, Joe Burrow and Mitch Trubisky—they're yeah. both just so disappointing. Uh, Joe obviously had all the had all the turnovers, but he finally figured it out by the fourth quarter and started to look a little bit more like himself. Mitch Trubisky, honestly, like 
I'd rather watch Gino or Baker play just because at least Gino and Baker were like trying. Or was Mitchell Trubisky just he just he just looked like he went out there and he just he was like Is defense gonna win it for us? All right. And that's it. <laughs> and like and it's yeah. it's like, dude, like you play the fucking game. Like you didn't yeah. turn the ball over, sure, but like took zero risk. Like Jesus. Just need a like, few more just, first downs in that second half. I needed him to look downfield. I needed him to make a pass downfield. I needed him to not check down everything. I, I don't know. It just – it was quite an anemic offense. Um, yep. it, it was hard to watch. Uh, and, you know, they're still saying that he's going to start next week. So, you know, I, like I said, they, they just want – they're probably just going to send uh, Mitch out there until he looks like one of those uh, – big pieces of meat in that scene with Rocky where he's beating it up on the, in the side. Like until he looks like that, basically <laughs> they'll just keep sending them out there. Yeah. Like, Oh no, 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 you're good. You know? And so it's, those are my most disappointing. What about gotcha. you? Uh, I was disappointed in DJ Moore. I know I'm sticking with the same game, uh, but I thought that him and, and, uh, and Baker would have a, a really good connection. And they, they didn't really show up, didn't really translate Four catches is really low. Uh, so, you know, I drafted him pretty high among all my leagues. And again, it's not, uh, something to panic, sit there and panic about. Uh, but I would really, really like to see him come out and get a better connection in these upcoming weeks. Uh, because I mean, we're talking about somebody like CD lamb, where it's the obvious choice where it's like Cooper rush coming in. Let's move him down our list. Let's try to sell him off and, and, you know, panic over him. Like, is DJ more a quiet panic? You know, is that connection there with Baker? Um, you know, you don't, it doesn't always have to translate to stats, but just watching that game and watching replays of that game, it just wasn't there. Uh, there was no urgency to get him the ball and there was no, you know, comfort in the pocket for Baker. So, so that was my disappointment. Uh, player that impressed you most over the weekend and, and, and the notes, I, I see something that kind of surprised me. Who was it? Well, it was Tua. It was Tua. I know, I know wow. I crapped on Tua a lot. I've crapped on Tua in the past, but watching him play on Sunday against a division opponent who that division opponent was Bill Belichick and, and his defense, that was impressive because even though everybody in the stadium knew Tua can't throw the ball more than about 10 yards, he drew Breeze that shit, man. He just he just chopped them up. And the, the biggest thing is, is he's got weapons. He's got yeah. He's got weapons all over the field, He's got and he's got a – there he's got a really good offensive minded coach and it was just i was just looking at it and i was like wow you got two over here who can barely throw the ball with some of the best weapons in the entire league and you got aaron Rodgers over there who can throw the ball a mile but nobody could catch it and i'm just like wow like it's it's crazy because yep. like before the season i would have bet on Rodgers. okay no matter what just just tattoo him with the ball hopefully it'll get stuck in their face mask and they can't drop it but yeah you know, they don't – he always has just kind of been lined up, play some backyard football, I'll zip it to somebody faster than you can get there. It's never really been a big, like, offensive scheme of, like, oh, we're going to do this, that, and the other, and make every play look the same. They never really gave a shit because they didn't have to. Have to. Rodgers is just going to go out there and win it. But watching Tua, that was impressive. Yep. It was very impressive. Waddle getting the ball, Reek getting the ball. Um, you know, just he, – he managed the game really well. And, and look good doing it. And the reason I said I was surprised is because, you know, we got there, we were watching some football on Sunday, and 
we watched one play at, you know, it may have been a couple shots deep and a couple beers deep, but we did watch Tua throw the ball like seven yards on a, on a curl that was coming back. And we all had a, had a good laugh about that. Uh, but, but, you know, I think that we will see that going forward, but as far as managing the game, moving the ball down the field, you're right. Tua had a wonderful game. Uh, and hopefully we see more of that going forward. I was impressed with, Taysom Hill, and I know it's like, oh, you're a homer. You, you're big into fantasy. Uh, you 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 were pretty invested in Taysom Hill, and yeah, I I took Taysom Hill across the board uh, in fantasy this year. But I just seeing him on the field was like a game changer for this offense. Uh, it opened up the whole field. And you didn't see him as much in the second half. Maybe he was used as a decoy, or or he just wasn't given the opportunities. But in that first half breaking off huge runs and then taking that touchdown. It's like that whole drive. He literally put the offense on his back and to have somebody who's listed as tight end to be that kind of weapon, to be that kind of catalyst in an offense with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Kamara, you know, I, I really feel like that makes the new Orleans offense that much more dangerous going forward. So uh, I was very impressed by him and his limited action. And I hope that we get to see more of that going forward, you know, as a gadget runner, somebody out of the backfield, tight end, receiver, et cetera. All right. So, you know, we, we did our, our uh, overreaction Tuesday. Let's do a stud or dud. You ready for this? I'm going to name a player. You tell me if they are a stud for the rest of the season or if they are a fantasy Dud. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Geno Smith. Fantasy stud or fantasy dud? I'm going to go with dud just because stud, uh, meaning like top 10 quarterback, and I still fully assume him to be like right at 15. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, if you play defense against Geno, cover the flats. That's all you got to cover. <laughs> now remember that we are. When I say fantasy stud, I mean two quarterback leagues. So yes. okay, okay. I was gonna say yeah, in one QB. So if he's QB fifteen, yeah. that's a stud, you know. But but yes. So I mean, do you think that he's lower than fifteen? Uh, I mean, I think he's right around fifteen. So I guess I guess that means stud. Wow, yeah. he knows a stud. Wow. I mean, right now uh, he's eleven. So he was eleven in week one. Which is yeah. pretty good. He beat he beat out Russ. He beat out you know Tua. He beat out Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, all these Joe Burrow. I mean, obviously we've talked about them having disappointing weeks, but he beat all of them out week one. Um, you can expect all the people on top of him or that did better than him to be better than him. But uh, but yeah, you think he's somebody that's going to outplay what we thought about Geno earlier in the season? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't particularly agree with that a lot of people i think are going to jump on the geno train i think geno is still what we think he is which is a bottom four or five quarterback uh week one was something special last night that was something special i think that you're not going to see a consistent uh especially on the road especially coming out against somebody like san francisco defense i think we see the geno that we kind of expected um numbers in the in the high twenties, as far as quarterbacks are concerned on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I'm not saying that DK Metcalf and, and uh, Rashad Penny should be moved down by any means, but I think that QB 11 is 
far and beyond anything that Geno's going to do for the rest of the season. How about OJ Howard? I know you mentioned him earlier. Fantasy stud or fantasy dud? You know, if Davis Mills like, likes him, he could be a stud. He could definitely be a stud. Because he's he's shown in the past that he's he's really good at running that little seam route up the uh, from the slot. Like yeah, I think he's gotten like ninety percent of his touchdowns through that route. Mm-hmm. And if Davis Mills can hit him, dude, it's he's money. I I like him. I, th- I think yep. he could be a stud. That's a great start. And for Mills, who's still kind of coming into his own, to find somebody that he can trust in the red zone, that's huge. Yeah. I. This this is super tough because I was a OJ Howard stan when he was back with uh, Jameis in Tampa. I was absolutely in love with his physical presence, his physical tools, his speed, his catching ability. For whatever reason that's beyond my purview, OJ Howard did not work out in Tampa, did not work out with the Bills. Uh, they just didn't like him for whatever reason. Maybe he doesn't run the right routes. Maybe he has bad attitude. Maybe he's not as physically uh, imposing as I think he is, but he latched on with the Texans, comes in week one, and he catches two touchdowns on two catches for 38 yards. Two targets, two catches, 38 yards, two touchdowns. On pace to break the tight end record, you know, with 34 touchdowns in the season, he looks amazing. Uh, I think he's a fantasy dud. I think Brevin Jordan's still the tight end one here. Um, we've seen tight end weeks like this, especially in the red zone. If he would have gotten more than two targets, if it seemed like Davis Mills was dropping back and looking his way on most uh, pass attempts or on some on more than just two, um, then that might be somebody to, to look at on the free agency wire. But when you're looking at tight end, or when I look at tight end, I really want to see consistent looks and somebody who not only gets work in the red zone, like people love Dawson Knox. I hate Dawson Knox as a fantasy tight end. People love that guy as a tight end. I don't understand why. Like, okay, he caught a touchdown or he catch two touchdowns. Even catch one touchdown every week or uh, every other week. It's because he he had really good, he had great yak last year. Okay. I mean, fair enough. He had good yak. But I'm just saying for tight ends, like not um not many of them get more than two I looks know. anyways. So at least there were two looks in the red zone. If it was wide receiver or something, sure. But it's just there aren't that many good tight ends out there this year. So like you know, like to be a tight end stud is like he could carry these two touchdowns for the next five weeks and he'd still be a stud compared to other tight ends. Yeah. Um, I I I'm just thinking looks, you know, looks about as people who were free agents this this week. Hayden Hurst, I mean, in early, Hayden Hurst had eight eight looks. Uh, Tyler Conklin for the Jets, who was really highly regarded, got seven looks and a touchdown. Logan Thomas, who some people, you know, really, really liked. And Carson Wentz had a great week, uh, you know, six targets. Robert Tunyon had five targets. I mean, these are people who can get yards after the catch, are going to be consistently looked at, you know, between the 20s and not just in the red zone those are people I'm more apt to go and pick up if I have a tight end problem. Just saying. Those, those were all some really bad offenses though. You're going to buy into Washington, the Packers Cincinnati? or Jets offense right now. Cincinnati tight end. Has, punch, has, go punch yourself in the dick and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I guess, but uh, but yeah, no, I I just I'm not huge on OJ Howard. We'll see. I'm I would love for him to go out and just score two touchdowns a week and and break the record. Red zone uh, but, monster. That'd be nice. Yes, that I think that's a huge overreaction to think that he is a stud. How about uh, uh, another one that hits close to home? I know you picked this guy up, Dontrell Hilliard. Stud or dud? I like him. I like. It. I think he's a stud. I think that the Derrick Henry gets so much attention that when he's in there, that when he's not in there, people just don't even look at the running back very much. And Tannehill seemed to take a lot of his constructive criticism over the offseason because last year, almost, I think it was like 50% of the time when he threw it to the wide receivers, it was either tipped or intercepted. So he was just like, let me just, let me just give it to Dontrell Hilliard here real quick. To yeah. play it safe. I so, mean, it worked. They, yeah, it worked. It worked. So I, I, I like him going forward. I think he's a good RB2. Um, I think he, I don't think he'll, matches points point total he did this week but i i, I like him going forward especially because uh you know uh henry's still recovering from that list frank i think i don't think that's something you really come back from too quickly so there there's always a bit of a uh, load management issue there with him so yeah i like him two rushes eight yards four targets three catches 61 yards two touchdowns so he took advantage of the times that he get he did get uh uh some work but two rushes eight yards I just don't really think – I think that's probably what's what he's going to manage. The way I look at this a lot, I think of Dontrell Hilliard as a Naheem Hines and somewhere mm-hmm. along that line. And so whatever you think of Naheem Hines and uh, the work that he gets, would you want him as a running back to him in really deep leagues? Yeah, like in our league, maybe he works out in, in some situations. But, uh, you know, I would not pick up Dontrell Hilliard as a 50-50 split with Derrick Henry. It's not going to happen. Um, no, I know. I'm saying down the road, down the road, they're eventually going to be like, hey, we can't give Henry the ball 30 times, basically, yes. um, because they got to the postseason before and then they don't have him. And, you know, they're basically screwed. So I think eventually he'll he'll be. But he's RB2 for your pass catching RB running back that you need, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's I think in this offense with the lack of receivers they have. There is room for two running backs. There's room for two running backs to be fantasy relevant. And I, yeah, I, I've liked Dontre Hillier in the, in the past. I think he's a, he, he's a solid running back too. So for, at least for that team, uh, let's move it on here. Devin Duvernay, who we hyped up and Yahoo hyped up before the season came out and caught two touchdowns. Is he a fantasy stud or is he a fantasy dud? Uh, you know, it's tough to say because Lamar really doesn't have anybody, many people to throw the ball to. He's good at bombing it. So, you, you you know, you have a good, like, bomb once a game, it could save you. You know, you still have a decent point, point total. But the thing is, you're not going to play the Jets every week. Every time I looked at the Jets and Ravens game, literally the Jets defense just couldn't keep a guy in front of them. That's all they had to do is just, just keep the guy in front of you. Every right. single time I looked over, the Jets, the Jets defender is just chasing after this wide receiver, and it's like, terrible if he's faster than you then give him a cushion like it's it, it was just really really bad defense um i think that's a game plan with the ravens though is that they want the receivers to get behind the offense because they, they're going to creep forward with lamar jackson to prevent the run and, and get as many people in the box or you know within those 10 to 20 yards so when you have somebody like duvernay to exploit those longer passes now you only had four catches 37 yards 
he did get two touchdowns. But, you know, I, I agree with you that if the Ravens are going to do well, they're going to have to do that, and they're going to have to exploit defenses like the Jets. So they're not going to play the Jets every week. I just I don't expect the Ravens to be a high-powered offense this year. Um, they've already got some injury issues, uh, and they really don't have many weapons on the offense to be to be able to afford many injuries. Um, so I think he had a great week. I think he'll be you know probably wide receiver twenty-five or thirty or so. That's um, which really isn't, good. Oh, I mean, I, I meant like <laughs> I, no, I, I meant like. Um, as far as point total each week, like he's going to be real, he'll be far oh, back okay. there for a while. Gotcha. Um, like he'll have a game like this every once in a while, but I not don't overall. expect it to be. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I don't hate on Devin Duvernay. I'm not saying he's unownable or should be a free agent. Uh, I wouldn't expect this number every week, but I think that he he's definitely a viable fill-in wide receiver three, probably more realistically a wide receiver four or even wide receiver five. Um, I think that what's interesting to me, even though we live in a world, God, I'm so nostalgic for the days of return yards and how exciting the NFL world was, he yeah. returns kicks, okay? We'll probably see a Devin DuVernay kick return, which is just massive in leagues that uh that rewards you for kick returns so that is one thing whereas if he's going to blow up he's going to blow up big um but i think there are going to be weeks where he gets one catch for whatever and maybe an end around uh and scores less than five points so yeah i, I think he's a he's a dud uh somebody that you shouldn't get too too excited about all right we did overreaction for teams and news let's do the fancy freak out Okay, maybe we'll make this a weekly thing. We'll start out. You're going to tell me, should we freak out? Should we panic on this guy? Matthew Stafford. Freak yeah. out? I'd, I'd, I'd freak out. I'd freak <laughs> out. He, he just, if you watch that game on Thursday, every time, like, a defensive lineman, like, breathed too hard on him. He just braced for the impact and, and got ready for the sack. And it was just – it was bad. It, it looked really bad. And then to hear right afterwards that they're, like, intri- intrigued and, talk- and talks about Jimmy Garoppolo, like, that's that's really bad. And It's not good. You know, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you shouldn't throw a ball for the next six months, and you go, but, doctor, my job is to throw a football. <laughs> Like, I, that's not a good diagnosis. I'm not reading that going, ah, he'll be fine. What's that doctor? No, what an idiot, right? You know, like, so it's, it's, it's all sorts of bad news. If he had come out and played lights out on Thursday, I'd be like, dude, nice job. Just go to Brett Favre. Out. Just take a bunch of pills, you know, you go out there and sling it, whatever. Like, yeah. But he didn't, he didn't. He went out there and he played scared. So yeah, yeah I'd freak out. Yeah. I think about uh, if he was an NFL pitcher, which he obviously is not or I'm sorry, an MLB pitcher, which he obviously is not. He's quarterback. But if he was an MLB pitcher, he'd be done for the year. They would not let him pitch for the rest of the year, and he would have some kind of medical procedure so that he would he could be 100% the next year. Um, that's worrisome because it's not a performance. It's not an age thing. It's literally health. It's his arm. is There's something wrong with it. Uh, and so, yes, I, I think that should have tipped people off prior to – they're them drafting him um and so yes i would absolutely freak out uh how about the Steeler Najee harris are you freaking out on him 
Yeah. Yeah, I am. Because even before he got injured in the game, he had no explosiveness. He, he, he looked he looked like a guy that's just going down the field going, no, I'm not injured. Look, I can jog. It's like, yeah, but dude, we don't need you to fucking jog. We need you to sprint and cut and spin and turn and stiff arm and fucking run people over. He ain't doing that, man. Mm-hmm. He, he was... He really just kind of like he he did some basic steps here and there. As soon as the guy got close, he was just like, "All right, we're, you're going to talk with me. All right, cool, let's get to." And just and then like and later he got injured, which sucks. But like even before that, he didn't look good. He he had he did not look like the player last year where even when four guys got through the offensive line, he made three of them miss and and gained four yards. He did not look like that guy at all. And then you add an injury onto it, and no. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it's I, it's not good. I, I wanted, I was hoping that he'd be the exception to the rule of uh, what, what is it, three hundred or three hundred touches or more. Uh, mm-hmm. The next year, you get like a season-ending injury. I was really hoping he'd be the exception to the rule, but it's it doesn't look like it. It looks like he's basically trying to hide it right now until it's uh, too evident, essentially. So, Jalen Warren. I mean, is that is that who you would look at if if it turns out that Najee can't play for the upcoming weeks? Is, is that guy interest you at all? If you are freaking out, which um, it sounds like you are, you're the Najee owner, by the way. Everybody listening, yeah. he is the Najee owner. Um, no, not not necessarily. I mean, uh, if Najee say he because he already said on his po- some podcast yesterday that he's going to play this weekend, mm-hmm. that he's going to play. He's like he's really insistent, and honestly, I feel like he hurts the team more if he goes out there um but behind him is benny snell and anthony mcfarland um i probably have to make some trades or something here that's why i picked up dontrell hilliard hopefully hoping i can just have a decent running back in there get some get some catches or something get some garbage time touchdowns um but yeah no if if naji's if naji's out then they're probably going to split the split the work up a lot and plus that offense looks so bad anyways there's nothing i don't I don't think the, the running back behind Najee is going to necessarily make anything better. Okay. Real quick, just a quick test. I'm going to name some running backs that had decent week ones that were drafted after you took Najee. You tell me if you would trade them straight up right now. Swift. No, I don't like Swift. He doesn't even get his own goal on carries. Mixon. Mm, yeah, I like Mixon. I do. They had they had a bad week one, but I don't. I expect their Bengals offense to play a lot better going throughout the season. Javante Williams. You mean the guys that can't hold on the ball in the red zone? No, I'm good. <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I like Leonard. Leonard's just a point monster, man. It's like he's. It's like he drafts himself in fantasy. I swear. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I panic over Najee. I, I think that anytime you're talking about some kind of list Frank King's injury, that is rough. I think uh, if you're talking about the backup for the Steelers, it's it's Jalen for sure. Um, he's unowned. and Because we, like you said, Najee's probably going to play this weekend, but it's only a matter of time before his work starts to get either lessened or uh, he's just taken off the field entirely. So I would definitely freak out on that end. Um, how about Joe Burrow? I think it's time to freak out on him. He looked okay in the second half. Yeah, he 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 got he, he got it together in the second half. I think he just kind of 
went out there and thought that they were going to just tear through the Steelers like they did last year. And they're like, oh, shit, the game plan for me. Um, mm. And no, I, I don't think it's <laughs> a problem. I, I think uh, he'll, he'll get better. Um, it's just the Bengals are going to have to realize, and this is something they've never had to do before, that even if you lose the Super Bowl, every single team you play is going to play you like they're in the Super Bowl. Mm. Steelers didn't really, I mean, they, I mean, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but to beat the Bengals, oh, fuck yeah. That's, that's, that's our year kind of thing. And almost every team is going to do that. Even when they're later in the season, when, you know, it doesn't even mean anything to them. The Bengals are going to come down and be like, oh, but the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. If we beat them, that means we're the best team they have. So it's like, it's this whole other thing that teams are going to step up at a whole other level because now you've got a target on your back. And that's something that's they've never had to do before. So right. it's it's going to be it's going to be a tougher year for them for sure. Yeah, I, I I like Joe Burrow. I think in the second half he kind of showed us Joe Burrow of last year. In the first half it was awful. I think through three picks in that first half, right? But in the in the second half he kind of came out and he started to find Jamar Chase a little bit more. Started to move the ball down the field a little bit more, and he, he seemed a little bit more comfortable. So I think um, going forward you you'll probably see a little bit something more like the Joe Burrow that we've seen in the past and less like that first half. Because that first half, man, he was ugh, disgusting. Uh, let's see. Keenan Allen, probably not going to play this week. We got that news. Uh, are you freaking out on him? Like, I'm What exactly time. was the in- injury news on him again? Um, I want to say it's hammy. Hold on. Let me let me bring that up. Okay. I, think it's, I think it's a hamstring. Um, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure they already ruled him out for week one. It is, yeah, hamstring, uh, and it's not looking great for him playing against the Chiefs on Thursday. So he he could be good for week three. But are you panicking on him going forward? Um, no, I'm I'm not panicking. I mean, it does suck. A hamstring injury can last, you know, three to four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So that does suck. It just he's in such a good offense, and Herbert has such a great arm. He's he's a huge wide receiver in the red, so it's great in the red zone. He can just kind of body guys out. Um, I I, w- I wouldn't panic on it. I, I would I would hold on to him for now, unless you can okay. sell really high. Uh, yeah, I I panic anytime you get some of these early season injuries like this. I I I panic. I I would be like, get him off my team immediately. Uh, it's just one of these. This is a hamstring injury for a receiver that. You know, we used to make fun of, I mean, four or five years ago. So Keenan Allen has been pretty healthy for the last two or three years. But four or five years ago, this was a guy that we thought was made out of glass. Hamstring injuries, broken bones, all kinds of concussions, whatever. It, You name it, he had it all. Uh, he kind of lost that, that tag for a while, lost that injury tag. Um, when you see him, you know, it, those memories of being saying Keenan Allen's made out of glass is coming back to, and so I would think that take the L, sell low, trade him off, and uh, see what you can get and move forward with a, with a better receiver because it's not going to get worse than uh, what it was this last week. Um, how about Kyle Pitts? He only had two catches, I think, for 14 yards. Is this somebody you're panicking yeah. about? Yeah. I mean, he did have seven targets, which is nice. Mm. And the – Atlanta offense put up more points than I expected them to. Um, but it's just, it's, 
it's a little concerning to not see a better connection uh, with Mariota to Kyle Pitts just because, and and it could have just been, you know, that they were, you know, the defense was keying in on Kyle, on Kyle Pitts too. Yeah. Um, but that's just one of those things that you, you've got to be able to figure out to get him the ball. Um, I'd give him one more week, but I might have to reevaluate panicking on him then though, just because I like the seven targets for him. I know he's, a, you know, he's obviously a, a physical uh, beast. It's just, and the offense, like I said, the offense put up more points than I want. I, I, I'd wait one more week and then maybe reevaluate panicking on him though. Uh, this is gonna be isn't gonna be popular, but I think that Kyle Pitts is like a cornerstone for people who drafted him. Um, I I wouldn't trade him at all. I think you stick by him, sleet rainer or earthquake or whatever happens. Um, or no matter Mariota. who's playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just I I think that he's gonna be the focal point in that offense, and they're gonna try to get him the ball. They didn't try to do it in week one. You know, Drake London got got some work. Uh, but I think that going forward, they're going to find ways to put the ball in his hands. He's going to get his. I would not panic on Kyle Pitts. I would not sell low. In fact, I'd try to sell him higher and just say, hey, you know, this guy's going to do better than, than we actually Good thought. Look at that. <laughs> that was a decoy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, if, if you can get Kyle Pitts wherever you can, go ahead and grab him because I, I think he's going to be great. Uh, all right. You ready to get in some into the gambling corner here? Talk about some money. Last week was yeah. – very bad i will say financially and everything it was bad and and i don't want to blame everything okay i i I don't want to blame anybody else but myself but week one is not my favorite week of the year ever because you just you don't have any data to go off of you don't have anything to go off of you got people like carson wentz going to the commanders and people that come out and say oh i knew you'd throw four touchdowns no you didn't no, you fucking didn't. You did not know that Carson Wentz was going to come out and do well. It was raining outside and like all this shit. You didn't know how he would come into that offense. You didn't know whatever. There was no statistics to back that up. Okay, yeah, he did what he did this and that with the Colts and he did this and that with the Eagles. You had no idea. So I think at least now, going into week two, we have something to play off of. Will it be more or less than what they did in week one? Can we build off this, what they did in week one? You know, if you doubt it, if you don't, really honestly, in prior to to week one all you have was preseason numbers not enough to go on so anyway let's start with thursday night chiefs chargers i know we just said there would be no keenan allen uh chiefs coming off a game where they absolutely manhandled the, the cardinals chargers coming off a game where they they got one done against the the raiders which did not expect um what do you think the spread's four and a half who would you take in that game The smart money is to take the Chargers. It's hard to do, um, but Chargers beat the Chiefs last year. They also covered the spread in the other game. Even without Keenan Allen, uh, they still played well last week because Keenan Allen kind of went out early. Mm. My gut is saying the Chiefs are going to win the game, but I think the Chargers will cover the spread. Okay. Uh, I disagree. I think that from what I saw, with the Chiefs this last week, I think they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL. And they are absolutely Andy Reid's an absolutely offensive genius. He's getting the ball mm-hmm. in the hands of the people that he needs to get the ball in the hands of. They lost Tyreek Kill and they spread all the that offensive work to all these different players. Ty uh uh Kelsey still got his. 
uh, you, you got work with, with CEH. I, I really love what they did with CEH. Um, I, I just, I think that this team is, uh, is going to be an offense powerhouse and they clear that four and a half, especially without uh, Keenan Allen. I, I feel like they, they clear it pretty easily. I do like a couple props as well as the four and a half. Uh, CEH last week got 33 and a half passing yards or receiving yards. I, I'm sorry. Uh, the line right now is 17 and a half. I think he continues to get those passing yards. I know he only played 30% of the snaps in week one, but I think when he's on the field, one of the things he's going to be expected to do is catch the ball or be open to catch the ball. If things break down, especially in the red zone, they love that little flip both of his or one of his touchdowns was that little flip that you've seen him go mm-hmm. to Kelsey where they back up into a shotgun and then he comes over the middle, catches the ball and just falls in the end zone. Love it from a, uh, an Edwards Hilaire owner as an Edwards Hilaire owner. Um, but I think they are, that will contribute to the receiving yards. Um, I think he passed that, that 17 and a half. Another person I like in this game is MBS. Uh, you know, if they're still missing JC Jackson, on that side, I think that uh, that MVS can act- absolutely exploit that and hit that that downfield uh, that downfield passes. Um, four catches, 44 yards, week one for MVS. I think he can expand upon that. And if you're really looking for a fantasy wide receiver, uh, definitely go after MVS. I think MVS has a great week just to uh, pump and dump uh, for for this week. So. So yeah, that's Thursday. I mean, I'm pumped for Thursday. It's like, it's like crack, you know, you, you had football all weekend. We loved it. And now like, I have to have more, uh, Sunday bets. I've got a teaser. You know what a teaser is? Uh, is that where you pick, is that like a trifecta? No, oh, it's no. Like, when you get, you get double the spread, right? Yeah. You add six points to the spread. So you mm-hmm. add six points, almost a touchdown in the spread. And it pays out a lot less, but I've got a good four, uh, four team teaser that I want you to tell me who you think would lose. How do I lose this? Okay. And if you say I don't, then we are in agreement. All right. You ready? Let's go. Carolina Panthers, who got embarrassed by the Browns last week. Plus eight and a half on the road against the Giants. Giants are going to cover that. Giants cover that? You think they beat them by nine? The Giants played a better version of the, the of the Panthers in Tennessee this week and beat them. Panthers would lose to Tennessee by about 20 points. The, the Giants are going to beat the Panthers very badly. Saquon looked really good last week. Even Daniel Jones looked all right. And it looked a lot better than what Baker was doing out there, running around for his life. I think they'll cover eight and a half. Interesting. I I mean, that was, that was I know, easy. I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. I, it's, it's a lot I mean, that's a lot. But I, I I didn't like what the Giants looked – I didn't like what the Giants did last week. I, I can't believe they won the game. Uh, I didn't bet against them per se, but I, I don't think the Giants are very – good team overall but anyway okay I, i'm gonna keep going you got me down in the dumps man that I'm was my sorry, first just one the, the giant i like i think tennessee is a good team if the giants beat tennessee now it could just be a week one thing it could be a we prepared for six weeks for this one game kind of thing yeah um 
but going off of that sample size, I, I like what I saw of them. Okay. The Miami Dolphins that I raved about, uh, you know, during this podcast, uh, plus nine and a half going into Baltimore. Yeah, I like Miami for that. With the okay. points, with their defense, with their with how their offense is playing, I think they should be able to cover that spread at least, if not win the game. The Steelers at home plus seven and a half over the Patriots, so lose by less than a touchdown. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Mac Jones is a back injury right now. He's already not that mobile. Um, Steelers like to get after the quarterback, so um, I, I could I could see it. All right, last one for this one. Bengals minus one against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys on the road. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think Bengals, Bengals just got to win be, the game. Yeah, I think I think they'll be hungry for a win after what happened at Pittsburgh, and Dallas will still be kind of reeling after uh, dealing with the Dak injury. Since I made these notes. Earlier today, it's climbed to minus eight, so it would be minus two at this point. But I still think that they can probably cover that. Yeah, they, they'll probably find. I think that's I think. my teaser. I, 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 I don't see those those losing. You throw a hundred down, you win two sixty. So I think that's that's decent. Yeah. All right, we both made DraftKings line. For this week, last week my DraftKings lineup was shitty. I think I went way overboard with ownership percentage and tried to get tricky and tried to uh, pick a lot of people who I thought no one would. You know, everybody looks right, you look left. Trying to be a genius. Uh, also, the Raiders sucked. Uh, Kamara sucked. Uh, Dalvin Cook really didn't get his because Jefferson ate the Packers alive. Um, so it was a, definitely a down week this week. I'm going back to the same people. <laughs> I mean, pretty <laughs> I much. I was going to say, did you copy paste that over? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not losing faith and going in a different direction. I think that my boy Derek Carr is going to get his, uh, sometime or another. So I got Derek Carr at quarterback, uh, Devonte Adams is that, that stack and Jack that hookup, uh, Antonio Gibson. At running back, because I still don't think he gets the majority of the work this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette at at running back uh, for Tampa. Michael Pittman, who um, got like seventy six percent of the targets there for the Colts in Week One. I think he continues to do well. Donovan Peoples Jones, who got eleven targets for the Browns, very surprising. Eleven targets. He didn't get that many catches, obviously, but. <laughs> They're definitely a, looking for him. If targets gave you points, though, he—I mean, it wasn't an embarrassing amount of uh, catches. How, no, it wasn't drops. I don't think it was drops. I really, honestly think that they were just looking his way. Let me see how many catches he had. Uh, six catches for sixty yards. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. They faced the Jets this week, um, who gave up the eighth most points last week to receivers. So, you know, I, I, I like Donald Peoples-Jones. Tyler Higby, who really had an embarrassing performance for the Bills last week. Um, I, I know because I faced him in fantasy, and that team just got blown out. 
but again, 11 targets week one. Um, five catches, 39 yards. He'll probably get his. And again, Atlanta, we're talking about Atlanta, who is a yeah. dream for anybody who uh, is is using uh, or who is facing them in fantasy. Uh, Damian Pierce, who there's a lot of people out there that got really flaccid over the weekend because Damian Pierce was not used the way they wanted him to be used, even in a winning game for the Texans. Or a, 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 when they had the lead, they weren't feeding him the rock. Uh, I think uh, uh, Rex Burke had got way more touches than Damian Pierce week one. I think we see that change. And I'm going to take the Bengals against Cooper Rush. I think that's that's easy. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush is going to throw it to the Bengals quite a bit. I like that. Go ahead and give your your lineup here. I I, I ran the numbers on. It, I'll tell you after, but go ahead and and uh, and run your lineup. Uh, so my quarterback, I like Jared Goff. I think that he is just slinging it right now, and he's really cheap in DraftKings. So this is the other thing we're doing DraftKings. So yes, I'll, he's he's very well priced for the amount of points I think he's going to get this week. Um, they're playing against the Commanders out of out of division game. They're at home. And they, lost, and they lost week one, so they're going to be desperate for a win. Mm-hmm. Running back, I like Saquon. Saquon killed it last week. Uh, I think he's going to have another good week as the whole offense goes through him. And he's he's healthy. He's explosive. He is running the ball, the ball well. They're going to keep feeding him the rock. Second running back is uh, Kareem Hunt. Really good value pick. He, he had a great, a great week last week. I think he's still uh, – he'd be a starting running back on 28 other teams in the league probably. Um, and he's st- another really good value for DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, wide receivers, I know we didn't like him either, or much either uh, earlier, but DeVernay, if Lamar's looking his way still in the red zone and yeah. Lamar's trying to prove that he's uh, more of a passer than people think he is and to keep his health so that since he's on a contract year, it, last game there were there were a lot of times where – Everybody in the Jets' defense had their backs turned, and normally he would take off running, but he he threw it instead. Um, so I thought I really like that. Again, DeVernay, really cheap. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is my stack and jack for golf. I think that mm-hmm. they just have a great connection. He looks his way every single play, no matter what. It was awesome. Um, I saw it, yeah. Uh, wider, another third wide receiver for me, I like Jerry Judy. The, you could just tell, like, he was faster than almost everybody on the field. Yeah. When his crazy legs started going, you're like, oh, shit, get that guy the ball. Like, mm-hmm. that first touchdown, it's just like, dude, you need to look his way a little bit more. So you just – I think he's really good money um, just to, to get a touchdown at any moment kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to go with the streaky guy, no Jay Howard again. If Mills get, looks keeps looking his way, that's great. Um, I think for my flex, I like Debo just because I think this week uh, the 49ers – get back a little bit to get Debo the ball and being a little bit more creative and getting the ball uh, to get that offense going. Because really last year, that's, that was the, he was the offense. He did everything went through him. So I think this, this week they get back to him. Um, And then D I just, I like the Steelers turnovers and touchdowns last week. I think Mac Jones, if he is stagnant in the pocket, they they might have a feeding frenzy on him. but I really like your Bengals on Cooper rush. That's a good one too. I, and I was just about to say, I really like your Steelers against Mac Jones. That offense looked really stagnant last week and really could not move the ball. And I guarantee you, I mean, when I play these these DraftKings tournaments, I, it's all about ownership percentage. That's like the biggest thing I look at. And I'm sure everybody and their mom 
is going to be on Cincinnati this week. They're all going to be taking uh, the Bengals, and they're going to try and attack Cooper Rush. Not a lot of people are going to be looking at the Steelers and that way. And really, honestly, in the first quarter of that Bengals game, I kept thinking, why didn't I think about the Steelers' defense? Why didn't I think about the Steelers' defense? Maybe don't make that mistake again, and you can go after uh, the Steelers' defense against this this uh, really underwhelming Patriots offense. But mm-hmm. all right, Scott, we got another week, another week of of fancy football, another week of football coming up. I'm excited. We are into the season. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? before we just before we i need your opinion for sure so i got one survivor team left okay this week survivor, this correct. week's a little this this week's a little little sketchy i've been looking at all the matchups i mean i can find legitimate reasons for each team to win these games even when we were going through your teaser uh even though i don't think carolina uh is gonna do well they still have a good chance to win that game mm-hmm. right now my my initial thoughts my two teams I would pick right now, I'm debating between, is San Francisco over Seattle and the Bills over Tennessee. I personally, what we just talked about, because we're talking about Survivor, right? So um, if you take the Bills, you're never going to be able to use the Bills again. Okay. Um, and if you take, who's the other one? Oh, the 49ers over Seattle. I mean, we, you just got beat up by Seattle. You don't want to lose both your yeah. to the fucking Seahawks. Go with Cincinnati. When are you going to use Cincinnati again? And this Dallas team is in trouble. Um, this is a team that made the Super Bowl last week uh, or last year coming in against Cooper Rush. I mean, if you're going to lose, might as well be somebody like Cooper Rush. I mean, it's be like, well, this just isn't my year because I would think that the AFC champion last year could come in and beat a small backup quarterback who is probably ranked on every pundit's sheet as the 32nd best quarterback in the league coming in this week. So just my thoughts. That's what I would do if I wanted to play. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I do. I do like that. Um, Just take advantage of the, the injury uh, reeling uh, part there of the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Might have to, might have to do that. Yeah, something to think about. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate y'all's time as always. And uh, good luck to all of those that were 0 and 1 and all those that want to know, count your blessings because it is a beautiful thing to start out the season 1 and 0. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Same time. Snatch a piece of my wondering. This didn't fall like yonder in. Skin of my tooth like, skin of my boot like, fly my suit like. Where's the waitress? Can't take this, really can't fish this. These ass and all these graces. It's my mistake, I make it. Shade up to the moon, now make it. Bounce, wiggle, bounce, wiggle. Shake it on them pains out. Camel cool cut throats. Bound to blow the brain out. Cut to the pain, this ain't no game. I've shown no shame. I birthed this pain. I'm just the king. I'm just the king. I'm just the plane. Plain as day. Known to what these say and say. Known to what these doers do. It's you and who and you know where. We's about to take it there. We's about to make it clear. We happy on we lonesome. The long jump, the beat hot. The start to finish. Ten spoons of spinach. The soul and the spinach. 